This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in. WIP Daily, Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following, of course, watching uh, on our YouTube page, 94WIP, the YouTube page. Tucker Bagley will join me, as he always does, on our video podcast in a few minutes to give his take on what the Phillies did and really didn't do at the MLB trade line. Now, it's kind of weird. The backdrop of, of the conversation with the Phillies is a dramatic comeback victory over the Marlins, who did more than the Phillies, at the deadline in Miami last night. Really good Phillies win. But, but this conversation right now is more big picture on the Phillies, what they didn't do, what they did do. And I wanted to go over some winners and losers that, that kind of jumped out to me from the Phillies trade deadline activities you know, or inactivity, depending on how you want to frame it. So we know they, they made two deals. Michael Lorenzen in uh, for Lee, the, the young infielder that was in single A with Lakewood. Uh, Lorenzen's fine. Uh, I, I think he will help. He's you know, go to a six-man rotation for the rest of, I, I guess, for the rest of August and see how things work out. Try to keep people healthy. Lorenzen has the ability to go back to the bullpen once they get to October, if that's what they want to do, if they get to October. So I'm, I'm fine with Michael Lorenzen. I, I don't think it's a bad pickup. I, I'm not... I never looked at Lee as a prospect and thought, oh, wow, he's going to turn into something special that they'll really, really miss. So I, I think that's a fine deal for a rental. Uh, Rodolfo Castro is, it reminds me of the Edmundo Sosa deal from last year, where it's like, he's kind of an interesting player and, and maybe there's some upside there. And they talk about him maybe as a future starter. I don't believe that. I didn't really believe it with Sosa. They traded for him. And then four months later, they signed a shortstop to, for $300 million. Dave Dabrowski to say the same thing yesterday. Castro could be a starter for them one day. Where? They have Bryce Stott at second base entrenched. They have Trey Turner on an 11-year contract. They have Alec Bohm at third base. Unless they really think Castro could develop, become a third baseman, Alec Bohm is a future first base. It's it's kind of a bizarre thing, but okay. Utility guy, better than Josh Harrison, hits lefties. Can't hit righties, but at lefties. So that was the Phillies deal, to trade deadline deals. And my first instinct is it wasn't enough. They didn't do enough to help an offense that came into play last night, 21st in home runs. And you look at the list of team, uh, teams below the Phillies in home runs, and I think there's a, a real chance none of them make the playoffs. You know, the Brewers are a couple behind the Phillies. They did add some thump at the deadline. Um, you know, we'll see who hits more home runs over the course of the season, but maybe one, I would say, maybe one team that is below the Phillies will make the playoffs. Milwaukee certainly has a good chance, and they have some excellent pitching and, and some defense there. So I, I, I worry about the Phillies' offense here. But let's dive into the winners and losers. We'll get Tucker's take at the end. On, on what jumped out to him 
I'll kind of go back and forth, winner or loser, winner or loser. Um, my first winner for the Phillies at the deadline is Michael Lorenzen. Um, he has a Zach Eflin kind of feel to him to where I could see him performing well in whatever role they put him in. And he could springboard success he has with the Phillies. He's a free agent to be into the into free agent, just like Eflin did last year. You know, Lorenzen's had a weird career. I, I see some, some similarities to Eflin. I think Eflin's a better pitcher, but some similarities to where it's like, what is their role? What is their upside? How good are they? But if he comes to a team and he has Caleb Cotham here, who used to be his pitching coach um, you know, with the Cincinnati Reds, he has a lot of former teammates he, he's known over the years, Nick Castellanos with the Reds, uh, Trey Turner on uh, one of the Team USA's, Bryce Harper as well. Like he's, he knows some of these guys. So it's a comfortable environment, knows people, knows the pitching coach, pennant race, not in Detroit where no one's watching. I, I think Lorenzen is a winner. He gets to a contender. And he gets to pitch on a big stage. And if the Phillies get to October, he's going to be in high leverage moments, whether it is starting a game as a starting pitcher or, you know, sixth inning, seventh inning, they need it out. They may go to Michael Lorenzo. So he feels like a winner to me. A loser in this is Dave Dabrowski. And Dabrowski could spin it any way he wants. And he could put it back on the players that he originally brought in here, like Castellanos with the big home run last night, or Trey Turner, who they keep waiting for him to, to emerge and – be the guy that he could think he could be, that's fine. But Dave Dabrowski weeks ago telegraphed to everyone listening that he wanted a, a, a bat for the outfield, specifically a right-handed hitting outfield bat. He telegraphed it. He telegraphed his need, his want. I mean, to the point where they were adamant and, and so obvious that Bryce Harper was going to play first base before the deadline to show them he could play first base before the deadline so he could get a slugger in the outfield and get Kyle Schwarber out of the outfield. Well, when everyone knows exactly what you are looking for and asking for, I'm sure the prices were high. So I, I understand the balance between not doubling down on mistakes and not wanting to go overpay for Tiasco Hernandez or overpay for Adam Duvall, neither of which that moved yesterday. And their teams are obviously kind of still in the race with the Red Sox and the Mariners. But when you tell everyone, this is what I need and this is what I want, you can't two weeks later say, wow, the prices were high for that thing that how did everyone know I wanted that? Like, he was so obvious about it. I don't think he added enough. And it reminds me of last year's deadline to an extent where this may work. The Phillies may make the playoffs. It's certainly a very mediocre playoff field. But I, I don't think they did enough to win the World Series yesterday. It reminded me of last year when I wanted Carlos Rodon. They didn't get him. And I thought they didn't have quite enough pitching to win the World Series. So we'll see. But I thought Dabrowski was a loser yesterday, all things considered. Another winner in this for me, is the current left fielders. Johan Rojas specifically, if we could include Jake Cave, they get to continue to play. The Phillies did not improve their outfield. They didn't get an outfielder. Unless Bryce Harper could get back to the outfield before the end of the year, I mean, they have to play these guys. Like, they've already made it so clear they don't want Schwarber to play left field. They want to get him off his feet. They want him to be a DH. Well, with that being said, okay, that means Johan Rojas, who Dave Dabrowski singled out yesterday, he's got to keep playing. So, so, He's a winner. I mean, I'll include Cave in this because he plays sometimes, but really Johan Rojas became a winner as he's now been thrust into a pennant race here for the Phillies and, and gets to keep playing. So Rojas, a, a winner for me. A loser of yesterday, and it, it kind of goes with the theme of the season, was Trey Turner because I, I thought, and, and I compared, I've compared this Trey Turner thing a lot to Jason Hayward with the 2016 Chicago Cubs. I, I thought that Trey Turner... If the Phillies got a bat yesterday, let's just use 
Teoscar Hernandez, for example, just, just to use that name. If they got a Teoscar Hernandez and he got hot for two months and the Phillies started winning games, and let's say Bryce Harper's power came back a little bit and Castellanos you know, bounces back a little bit, even if it wasn't as good as it was in the first half, just, you know, production. And Schwarber's batting average goes above 200. Like, and those things happen, right? If all that happened, I actually thought Trey Turner could fall under the radar a little bit. I, I thought he could, even if his season never bounced back, he could go to a point where we forget it. We, we, we don't talk about it as much because it's not as important. He's hitting seventh. The Phillies are winning. They're going to the playoffs. Jason Hayward was a story in 2016 with the Cubs, but they won the World Series. That was the story. They were winning. Anthony Rizzo was the story. Schwarber's comeback was the story. Chris Bryant was the story. Arietta was the story. Joe Madden, it wasn't so much every day nationally and locally, I'm sure, in Chicago that Trey Turner couldn't uh, and uh, Jason Hayward couldn't hit. And I think with, with Trey Turner, we're, we're trending to that still being the thing. They could have they could have moved him down the pecking order. So, yeah, I thought yesterday he became a loser here in all this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another winner for the Phillies, Aaron Nola. You know, I thought Aaron Nola yesterday with the news of Lorenzen and a six-man rotation really won because we know Aaron Nola always pitches better with a six-man rotation, extra rest. And for Nola, it's a double whammy. He could pitch better, help the Phillies, but also if he's more rested down the stretch of the season, it helps him pitch better leading into his free agency. But the Phillies may have made – Aaron Nola, more money this offseason. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets a full month, month and a half in a six-man rotation if Nola pitches his best now. If, if he has a little bit of an uptick compared to where he's been all year and he ends stronger than he started, and it's like, you know what? People look at his track record. You talk about his track record more than, well, it was kind of weird for the first four months of the season, a lot of home runs, and he goes into free agency and the offers are still what we thought they'd be before the season, which is, who knows? Upwards of $150 million. So I thought Nola was a winner here because the more rest he gets, the better he usually is pitching. So I'll include Nola in my list of winners. Another um, another winner, actually, that I'll put in here. Uh, I'll kind of do this as a winner-loser. I thought a loser would be the, the current edition of this Phillies winning the World Series. I didn't think they moved the needle on their World Series hopes. But the other side of that is by keeping Mick Abel, by keeping Griff Bagheri, by keeping Justin Crawford, they likely increased their chances in 2025, 2026 to be a better baseball team. Whatever that team looks like, they could use those guys as trade chips next year, offseason, if there are bigger fish out there that obviously really weren't out there this year. I mean, Bellinger didn't get moved, Soto didn't get moved. It was a dull trade deadline for a, a lot of reasons. I, I mean, teams just didn't want to sell. I mean, even the, even the White Sox who had, had a fire sale didn't trade Dylan Cease. You know, the Mets traded their two starters. That was the big story over the last couple of days. But there really weren't young star-level players getting traded. So if the Phillies still want to go down that path, they can at some point with Painter and Abel and Crawford. But it hurts them now, helps them in the future. And I'll throw one more winner in there, and then we'll get to Tucker and his thoughts on all this. One more winner, potential winner. 
is Reese Hoskins. Because there is that hope, and it's it's faint, but it's out there, that Reese could come back, rejoin this team, uh, be a part of this down the stretch of the season. I don't know what that means. Is that late September? Is that early October? Is it have to be late October? It's just like Schwerber at 16. It's, it's touch and go. It's probably going to be a you know right down to the deadline thing. Can he come back? But I thought for the short term, the Phillies obviously left open a need for a bat in their lineup. And also for the long term, we mentioned this on, on WIP Daily and all the WIP shows yesterday, all day at McGurk's on our trade deadline special. If the Phillies had acquired an outfielder with team control, like Lane Thomas from the Nationals, Reese's time in Philadelphia effectively would have been over. You know, they would have had under club control, Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, you know, the outfielder we're talking about, Dylan Carlson, Lane Thomas, whoever. So there would have been no spot. Bryce would have had to be a long-term first baseman, and we could have written off Reese ever coming back to the Phillies. So that door is still open for this year, for the future. So Nola, Lorenzen, Rojas, I guess Jake Cave too, Hoskins, all winners, the future Phillies winners. But the losers are Dave Dabrowski, Trey Turner, because the pressure is still squarely on him and there's no one to cover for him. And and I think the 2023 Phillies' chances of actually winning the World Series, all the losers yesterday. Tucker, what did you make of the deadline here with the Phillies, Dombrowski and uh, Rodolfo Castro and Michael Lorenzen? I was certainly underwhelmed by, by the deadline because, you know, we were all at McGurk's. Everyone was excited. We had Jack and James at the the breaking news desk, and news never really broke. It kind of just came out. And, and Lorenzen's, I, I think, is a nice piece. Castro, I'm out on ever since that that whole phone incident a couple years ago, where it fell out of his pocket as he was sliding into third. Like that just doesn't play well, uh, especially in the city. So uh, I'm immediately out, out on him, and adding the fact he's got an OPS in the 400s against righties makes me think he he might not be that playable on this team, but it's kind of funny when you pose the idea to me of winners and losers, the two names I wrote down were Aaron Nola and Reese Hoskins. And you classify Nola as a winner. I kind of look at it the other way. I I think he's going to pitch well uh, over the final two months. Like we've talked about it for years now, just how much better he is when he has an extra day of rest. I wonder if the Phillies view Michael Lorenzen as more than just a short-term rental. Like he's only 31 years old. He has a track record of, of pitching pretty well. They already have a pretty deep rotation moving forward, signed beyond just this season. Like Zach Wheeler is going to be a free agent after 2024, you hope. Andrew Painter comes up, Mick Abel and Griff McGarry continue to pitch well in the minors. Ranger Suarez probably figures out Taiwan Walker still has three years on his deal after this. The Phillies made it kind of obvious to Aaron Nola that they don't expect to give him a, a huge money deal. They, they broke off negotiations in spring training. I wonder if they view Michael Lorenzen as someone who can just take that spot, who I don't think he's a number two, but maybe he's a number four in this rotation. And you kind of move Suarez and and Walker and possibly Abel Painter, whoever it is uh, above him in that lineup. I I think it almost, I don't know if it, you know, shuts the door on, on Aaron Nolo being a Philly past 2023, but there's another guy in the building who can do his job, right? Like there's another guy there who can take down innings and, and be a starting pitcher. So that was my first thought. And, and my second thought was Reese Hoskins and his long-term future with the Phillies. Maybe not long-term, but I felt like when he got hurt in spring training, it almost felt like he was inevitably going to come back on a one-year deal next year. He loves it here. He's been around the team. He's been traveling with the team for like the last month or so um, on all their road trips. He, he's been in the dugout for most of the season. 
seems to be a pretty popular guy. I don't know if he's going to come back. Like he's in the elite athlete that Kyle Schwarber was back in 2016. And I say that with my tongue firmly implanted in my cheek, but I just, you kind of look at where this is going. They don't have an answer at first base right now, unless you really want to move Alec Bohm there and, you know, try and figure out third base another way. I think this is all kind of coming down to Reese Hoskins coming back at least on a, like a one year, $9 million contract next year to just kind of prove himself and re up his value before he hits free agency in 2024. Yeah, it might be the Reese thing. I, I agree on. I hadn't thought of the Lorenzo thing the way Tucker did, but it, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I compared him a little bit to Eflin in that there's probably more there. You know, I, I think the Rays noticed there's more there with Eflin. He's been great for them this year. And it's always interesting, you know, Lorenzen has been a reliever and a starter. And sometimes versatility can be looked at two ways. It's like, well, he's not really great at either, but also he could do either. I think that helps the Phillies now. But moving forward, Lorenzen only has like 670 innings in his career he's pitched. So you kind of project forward and say, he, you know, he's probably got some bullets left in there, right? He's got, he, he, he guess has pitches left in his arm for the next three, four, five years. He could be a much cheaper um, replacement for Aaron Nola as a four with some versatility that if their young guys emerge, get McGarry and 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 Painter and, and Abel, that he becomes a reliever in the second half of that contract. So it could be a tryout for him as well. And um, and my guess is he would get a contract this offseason. I know he was an all-star this year, but you know, similar range to what Eflin got last year, three years, 40 million, something like that. And we'll see how it pitches on the stretch. But the Phillies. I thought, you know, they're a better team today than they were yesterday. They have better pitching depth. They have a better bench with Castro over Harrison, who was really about doing nothing this season. But I didn't think they moved the needle enough to rescue an offense that needs rescuing. Great clutch win last night, but it's really hard to win those games like that consistently. We shall see how this plays out. Appreciate everyone watching, listening to WIP Daily. Back tomorrow with more. Thanks for subscribing and, of course, following the show right here on WIP Daily.